Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Boom. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, hello, to the hello. DJ Life Podcast. Bow, 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 bow. As always, to uh, your left, we have Eric Mazengale, myself, DJ Rick Webb. Tonight, we have Joshua Volpe. Volpe. I knew I'd fuck it up. Jesus Christ, we even went over it. This is how my introductions go at weddings, too. They tell me it, and then literally I do the whole, like, like just pull the mic away so, like, it doesn't catch the trail end of what I said because I don't know if I'm saying it right or not. All right. Well, we got the squad in the chat. Hello to all. We do. We do have the normal squad in the chat, which, which consists of basically Greg Alfonso, Brian Bass, as always. Um, I think those are the only two regulars I know in there. No, the crew. David's usually in here. Yeah, David's normally in there. Whatever. Whatever. Anyways. Anyways. What up? Joshua. Hello. How's it going? Where, yeah, hello. Hello. Josh, I'll, I'll call you Josh. Glad to be Josh, here. Josh. Yeah. Awesome, man. Um. So, so, where are you from, first off? I am in from uh, Rochester, New York, which Rochester. is like a western New York. I'm flat right in the middle between Buffalo and Syracuse, right up by Lake Ontario. And that's like right Canada-ish. I mean, it's not Very literally close. in Canada. Yeah, I'm but... only uh, about an hour or so from the Canadian border. Is it? Do you? I, I have no concept of this. Can you cross that border? Is that like a hard thing to do, to go to Canada? Oh, no. There's uh, a couple different bridges that you can go right across. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just a regular standard border crossing. Do you, you ever know, DJ? In any other, any yeah. other way. So, um, you... But, yeah, it's you just head towards Buffalo, and um, like as soon as you get to Buffalo, it's only probably about 15, 20 minutes from uh, from that city. So it's very easy to get across the border. Do you, do you like go there to work ever? Do you DJ there? Yeah, so I went to school in Buffalo. Um, no, like, I know. I mean, no, Canada. Canada. Do you yeah. like oh, do parties in Canada? In Canada. Yeah, that um, was... I have in the past. Yeah, and I've gone up there for a lot of like different events and and things like that. So um, there were a couple of bars and uh, a couple of places up there that I did play at in the past, which is always a wild time. It's always Canadians. They are on a whole other level when it comes to their parties. Really. <laughs> That's yeah. hilarious. I just always know them to be like the nicest people in the world. And that's yeah. like it, yeah. you know? Right. Oh. Yeah, they are. Um, I mean, obviously when COVID hit, you know, it was next to impossible to get across the border. And, cool. and like when they started to open things up, it was still kind of a mess. You had to download this special app and you had to show all your vaccination records. And, you know, it was it was a little bit of a nightmare to try to get across the border. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the whole world was such a yeah blah that whole time whatever that's in the past thank god so rochester new york um people who probably don't you know are familiar with like i said it's very close to buffalo so this is buffalo bills country um but rochester i mean it's home to kodak motion lab xerox and the garbage plate the, if if you don't know what the garbage plate is google search it right now i actually and do, do know <laughs> what the garbage plate is um and the last time i went up north i have to google I search had, it Oh, it's super good. I mean, it's yeah. it's 
it depends on what you call good. But uh, <laughs> right. Anyways, you'll I'll update you in a second. Time. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Probably one of the worst things that you could put in your body, but it's just fantastic. It's fantastic. Oh, right. It's food. Yeah. yeah. It's food. What'd you think when we said garbage? Of you course said, it's food. Well, you said garbage <laughs> plate, and I'm fin... But, like, yeah, it's a when plate you, of garbage. Okay, when you say home of the you. garbage plate after you just talked about businesses, I'm like, what is this, a location? Like a like a thing? Like a, a fake plate with garbage on it or something? I don't fucking know. All right, well... It's, it's okay, a big so- breakfast plate of carbs, and it uh, looks good right now. Lots of meat sauce, yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> looks good. So Josh is a DJ. Surprise, surprise. Um, what uh, single op, solo op? Yeah. So I run a company by the name of California Entertainment, and California is with a K, not a C. Um, and I've gone by DJ California for pretty much my whole DJ career. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because uh, San Diego is a very near and dear place to my heart. A lot of family is out there. I've, I've spent a lot of time out west. Um, so it's just sort of uh, a play on the words and that's, uh-huh. that's my company, California entertainment, but I am a solo up. Um, my background is kind of, it, it's like a really wild and crazy story. I want to hear every last bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I went to school in Buffalo and when I went to school, my first semester, I started going for music and the more I got into, um, different courses and, and, all the education and everything, I realized like, okay, shit, I'm going to graduate with a music degree. What the hell can I do with a music degree other than being a music teacher, being a sound producer, audio producer, um, yeah, even you know, working in that tough, type of field. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I had like kind of a, a mixed feelings about all that. So I actually ended up doubling up on all my courses and I ended up with a dual bachelor's in music and marketing. Mm-hmm. Now, and that's well, I think my, my camera is like being all weird. So if you see it glitch out for a second, I apologize. Yeah. Well, at least the, um, the audio is fine, though. So Yeah, the audio keeps going. So you're perfectly fine. Oh, weird. I don't know why it's doing that. So anyways, um, so I ended up graduating with the dual bachelors in music and marketing. And I was accepted in the MBA program. Ooh. So I went in with, you know, all that. And... um. Sorry, my camera is just like, it's being like really distracting. It's flashing. And I don't know if it's going through like an update or what, isn't it? Don't you love technology? Like at the worst time possible, like yeah. you know, we'll do like an update hey, or some worry. software. It's not, do like an update. it's not like we're live or anything. Right, right. <laughs> I, I, I had a technology one this week and it was fucking miserable. Anyways. Um, Anyways. Um, so, you know, I graduated with music degree and a marketing degree and uh, after school, uh, I ended up working for a technology company that um, the head of marketing, she is absolutely fantastic. She's actually a very close and dear friend of mine, and she took me under her wing. She taught me basically every ounce of knowledge that she had when it comes to marketing and really elevated my marketing education to a completely different level. So, um, you know, worked in marketing. Um, I also worked for a couple of agencies that really kind of got me into digital marketing and branding and all the creative aspects of things. Um, so my experience has be, has been in DJing and in the marketing world. And as far as DJing goes, uh, when I was in school, I got the opportunity to um, hang out with some people who are in the electronic scene. So I start. I I'm classically traditionally trained. I guess however you want to look at it like when EDM it comes to music. Guy playing on turntables, lugging the crates of vinyl, uh-huh. um, all that wild stuff that you hear about a lot, you know, a lot of DJs, how they got into the industry and the yeah. scene. 
Um, when I first started, though, I was big into Florida breaks and uh-huh. sort of like the underground electro scene. How old are you? So, I'm 45. Okay. Okay. And uh, so the Florida breakbeat scene, a lot of DJs like DJ Icy, Baby Ann, DJ Fix, uh-huh. you know, Two Bad Mice, the people who are like pioneers of the Florida breakbeat scene, uh-huh. they were basically my idols. And uh, so I started playing Florida breaks. And I got acquainted with people who are in the happy hardcore scene. So like the candy kids, um, a lot of junglist people are playing drum and bass, raga, that that type of, of music. Uh-huh. And uh, eventually it evolved where I had some friends that worked at bars and they were looking for fill-ins, um, just, you know, people to kind of cover their sets if they took the nights off. And uh, that grew into me uh, being offered a couple of residency spots at some nightclubs. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, it just got bigger and bigger. My weeklies got real big. Um, a lot of people came out. And um, I kind of started to look at ways to... Uh, was this like mid-90s? What year, roughly? No, this is like 2007, 2008 at this okay. point when I was resident. Okay. Um, so people started to come out, hear me play. They saw the way I was playing because I was sort of incorporating like that underground electro and Florida breakbeat into a lot of top 40 and like hip hop. Uh-huh. And I was kind of merging the two, sort of like this weird like fusion of music. And uh, it grew and people came out and I started thinking of different ways that I could strategize and come up with bigger and more fun events at the clubs. So um, taking in some of my marketing background, I was able to create some themed events that a lot of nightclubs generally will do. Mm-hmm. And um, about, so this is my ninth, my 10th year doing events and weddings. And um, it's funny, you know, 10 years ago, people came up to me in the DJ booth and saying, hey, you're great. I want you to do my wedding. And I was that guy that was like, fuck no, I'm not playing the wedding dance, uh, the chicken we dance, the macarena, none of that crap, you know? Everyone's yeah. that guy at one point. I literally <laughs> used to be that guy, too. I, I just didn't want to get on a microphone, and I was like, oh, weddings are Well, actually, lame. I'll take that back. I started in the wedding industry, well, so I'm, Rick I'm, is I'm lame. the exception. Rick is lame, though, so whatever. Yeah. I mean, I started... <laughs> I was in the middle of nowhere in Ohio. There was no bars or clubs to even DJ at. Yeah, the I DJ know. scene was the weddings, and actually, school dances. That was the, that was the scene. Well, I'm telling you, that ain't it. <laughs> But, but hey, I'm you know, I'm sure those kids I loved learned it, that though. in college. <laughs> yeah, learned that in college. Yeah, uh, there was a big electronic scene where we live now in Greensboro, it was like real big. Uh, same time frame. Uh, I wasn't a DJ quite yet, so I really missed the whole thing. But like, right as I started, womp, womp. it was like kind of exiting the, womp, womp, the drum womp. and bass thing, <laughs> yeah. Um, continue (laughs) so um yeah i mean you know so you get it you guys understand it um people come up you know they want you to do their events their weddings and you're just like no that's not my thing you know so i get all these people that come up and you know i would pass a lot of these inquiries off to some of the companies that were in the area and more and more people just kept coming to me up to me like every week i want you to do my wedding i want you to do my wedding and i was like okay you know what let me reach out to a couple of these multi-ops and see if they'd be interested in, in bringing me on as a DJ. And these companies, like, they completely snubbed me. They wanted nothing to do with me. And I was like, okay, fine. Fuck you, then. Uh-huh. And I went out and I just I thought, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. And I know with a lot of DJs, like, when they start out, they generally will cheap out as much as they possibly can just to kind of get their feet wet and get started. Uh-huh. I was the opposite. I went out and just bought a ridiculous amount of, like, gear uh-huh. and... <laughs> just sort of jumped right into it right. head first yeah. and it's been wild ever since and 
my first year of doing weddings and events, much probably like a lot of people, I didn't really have anyone to kind of like teach me the ropes or show me like how to do things. So I had to learn a lot of it on my own. And I was completely 100% honest with my clients. I told them, I said, look, I'm a club DJ by nature. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. So you're taking a risk by booking me. And people still did it. And I just learned as I went along. You know, I watched a lot of YouTube videos. Rick, I, I've been watching you since day one. Um, watched a lot of your stuff. Uh, a lot of the hosts that, or a lot of the guests that you guys have had on your channel, I've watched a lot of their stuff, Barr and Cleveland Terry and even Rachel Lynch. I've been watching her stuff and just, you know, over the years, all these people that are out there, that that was my teaching. That was my education. Mm -hmm. Great, that and that's good. how I learned. And it just kind of blew up. And, you know, a lot of people have said, you should become a multi-op. You should, you should, you know, bring on other people. And I do that. I look at a, a couple different reasons as far as why I don't want to do that. One, um, when you sort of build up this name for yourself, this reputation of how you do weddings, mm -hmm. it's hard to instill those values and that way of doing things into somebody else and having them do things just like you do. So I don't want to yeah. risk that. I don't want to like put that faith into other DJs to have them do things the way I do. And it just completely get all screwed up. They What's... fuck up the wedding or whatever. And I know that's a risk that a lot of multi-ops take whenever they hire people, uh, whether it's someone off the street, someone with no, no no knowledge or experience. But I don't know. I'm just happy with just being my little lonely yeah. solo op. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, in being a multi-op, what's the, the phrase is you got to be happy with someone going out and doing 70% of what you would do. Yeah, well. Is, is like the going saying. So if you're happy with what 70% of what your effort would be, then you can do that because that's that's what on average you're going to get or something like it's that. It's just like a different ball game, you know. It is. I'm not saying it's better or worse or it's just different, you know. It's just not quite the same. Like uh, it, it's not my, my multi op is not how good I am as a DJ. It's literally no. not relevant in any it's way. Business. It, it was right. just it's a business, you know. Uh, my multi op is as good as they all are as a collective, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you're but, only as good you know, as your I, weakest link. Yeah, I, I'm fucking way better than all those dudes. You know, if you're if you're <laughs> yeah, on exactly. if you're on here, just know I'm better than you. I'm just kidding. But but no, if it were all me, you know, like you you know how it is. Like the way you feel. If you were to hire yeah. ten DJs, you would know they can't do it up to your standard. Uh, yeah, and you know, I literally have, and you guys probably are the same way. Like you know, I have over five hundred five star reviews across multiple different platforms, and uh -huh. I have nightmares about getting anything less than a five star review from from a client oh dude yeah, you gotta and, try uh, it. it's uh yeah as a multi-op owner you gotta play um was it customer support i don't even know what it's called uh, pr management yeah, <laughs> a lot know. when it comes to reviews yeah um, and just just you know little things happen here and there at every event yeah but yeah, it could well, be a negative could be a that, good thing that one star here and there it just really uh, it keeps things fresh, you know. It just puts no, that, it, no. it just puts that hair on your chest, you know. Uh, it's like a sprite, you know, a sprite out of the can. You crack it; it's crispy when you take. That's a one star review now, here what's, and there. What's more fun, a one star review <laughs> or someone sending this like booklet, like eight page essay on why you should refund them a hundred percent of the money? Be, be, is, and because because the DJ. Uh, that that's played, that's what I want to played know. the playlist that they requested and no one danced and that's the reason. No, 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 no. <laughs> I I, I want to know in your okay in your opinion, 
what is more fun, the ones handling the one-star review or the person that sends the 10-page essay as to why they need a full refund because they're upset? And why you didn't play their Spotify list. Because yeah, right. you've had both. I know you have because oh, I've sure. had both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which is more fun? Which is more fun? Uh, how about removing your own fingernails? <laughs> um, it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I you know it's I actually haven't dealt with that in a long time at this point. It has been a very long time. What the, uh, the page long I've gotten, email about refunding? Yeah, I've gotten a complaint, but nothing. Just, I, just like for instance, one of the like I brought on a subcontractor. He did only like three weddings for me the whole year, so he wasn't super regular. Mm-hmm. And he left his like gig bar four bar at home or in his car even didn't set up dance floor lights and he just didn't tell me you know and the the client was like i thought that dance floor lights came in the package i was like they did they what are you talking do. about you know <laughs> and then it came to light that they weren't there and i refunded them like however much portion of the thing and i was super i mean that's my bad i you know it is what it is you deserve that refund yeah so whenever fucking- you get something like that let me ask you something when you get like an inquiry uh, I guess, I don't know if you call it a question or, you know, just a demand or whatever from a client that says, you know, this person came to my wedding and they didn't do that great or they forgot something or whatever. Uh Um, Do you generally take the blame as the company owner or do you say, oh, this is a new guy, you know, it's, he's, he's just learning the ropes, you know, how do you kind of explain all that to the customer? So a hundred percent. Well, yeah, you go first. Well, I was about to say, all my guys are W-2, and I have a very small staff, so like, get it, it's not an option to like get rid of someone. So as a company owner, I take 100% full. Whenever I talk to someone, it's always my fault as to why they were not trained properly or something like that, um, but the blame is never put on the DJs because I just can't put that on... It looks bad at it as me as as an owner of a small yeah. collective. I only got four guys that DJ for me. It would look really bad on me to the other guys if I threw one of them under the bus for some right. stupid thing or something. Because um, like I, we've had an incident in the past year where like someone made a poor judgment on a song selection for a, a, a critical moment. They were put on the fly and recognized, yes, this was a poor situation. It was a poor song selection that they made during the thing. Um, but basically said, uh, but they were not ever trained on that situation. That is ultimately our fault as a company. And we're going to move forward with making everyone aware of that. So, I mean, it's PR management. Yeah. yeah. My, my honest answer is whatever they want to hear. At yeah. That it's, it's, uh, I, I'm going to say anything and everything I can to make them calm down. Uh, mm-hmm. and it, Honestly, if that even, and it doesn't often, but if that includes up to a 100% refund, then that's what it is. And that's just like unfortunate. Now that is super rare. I'm not saying I'm out here like giving refunds left and right, but if it took that, I would still pay the DJ in full. I would refund the client a hundred percent of their money. And then it would be my fault that I didn't prep for that situation. And that's just part of the deal with a multi-op. I wish I, I Um, wish I remembered that. There's nothing more important than your reputation. So that was just the cost of maintaining my reputation at that point. And really at that point, the client is then happy, even though Mm -hmm. something didn't go as planned, 
the employee or DJ, whatever, is happy because they got paid still. You weren't like, it's your fault and some this is going to affect your... Because that's, that's bullshit. That's the hardest part. Well, that's bullshit also. Even though it might be their fault, it really is our fault. Uh, we're the, the operators. You know, we're the ones running the behind the scenes. So we... Unless they were like cuss someone out and punch someone, you, like things yeah, that they're they clearly di- were the, directly violated, like just what some, you were clearly not supposed to do. Of course, <laughs> like the things that go without saying. But you know, like yeah. the dude forgetting his lights. I don't even know if he. I don't even know if I ever told him it is a it requirement. Included, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I did that, and so that would be my fault. Also, it's my fault just for hiring an airhead, like <laughs> in the first place. You know, and I was. Yeah, I made a mistake. So I think that I would just say um, this is just a situation I ran into. the The bigger pain in the ass is the company owner is when the client realizes that it's a company thing. So say their party didn't go as to expected because people didn't show up, or you know they had this lavish idea that they're going to have this giant rager of a party, but clearly they didn't have the guests or the people to do it. And they like basically blame it, like you said, they blame it all on the DJ for the reason why their party didn't go well. When clearly, like half of your it was on a Tuesday, it was freezing. It 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 was outside outside in a note in November, and it's fucking fifty, sixty degrees, and everyone went home early. And you have a Mumford and Sons playlist. Yeah, why didn't anyone dance? And you're sitting, and then they try to leverage the fact that it's a business, you know, because if it was a person, if it was a one to one, like if they booked you personally. They probably wouldn't try to blame you on it because they feel like, you know, you're just a single person. As a business, though, they come after the business owner. Well, that circles blaming back to on that DJ. That circles back to setting expectations prehand. Like your DJ should know. You see a Mumford and Sons playlist. It's freezing on a Tuesday in fucking the winter. Your DJ needs to prep them for. You might not have so much dancing because it's freezing and you have nothing but indie music. Like, I don't even know how you dance to this anyways, let alone in the freezing cold. So you got to kind of mitigate that. uh... Yeah. And you had brought up, you had mentioned um, also, too, that when a client does come to you and, you know, they're going all spastic and crazy, that you have to kind of calm them down, calm them down. You guys, as a business owner, you have to kind of play that mediator rule, you know, sort of like that type right. of position because, um, you know, humans by nature, they're emotional. So right. a lot of times what happens is that people, that emotion comes out and after you kind of talk to them down off the ledge and chat with them for a bit and sort of kind of come to like this middle ground where everybody is happy, then you kind of see that their tone and the way they act towards you is a lot different. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if you can make them sympathetic towards you, even though they felt like they were wronged, that's the trick. If, if you can literally make them feel bad for you as the business owner, all of a sudden, and I'm not saying necessarily blame the, but however that comes to be, all of, a sudden, ways. all of a sudden you have a little bit of leverage and that might have sounded fucked up, but it's true. Cause then there's ways all, like I said, if they calm there's down ways. and then all of a sudden you're like, how about 200 bucks? And they're like, wow, that's so generous. And it's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like Whatever. That's, that's been like <laughs> in a couple situations lately, that's been my course of action as to, um, calm them down. You're, you're right. Whatever happened or whatever it did, whatever, et cetera. Here's the reasons why that happened. And that kind of puts the blame not on anyone at that point. Like, it's just a lack of or mm. whatever. Like, I had one recently, and I pointed out that 
after talking to the venue owner and the coordinator, half of your guest list showed up. I'm so sorry that happened at your event. <laughs> right. And something like that along those lines. How about I give you, like you said, two hundred dollars back as a courtesy for my apology for yeah, you like the guest not showing like before they the even back ask, on them. <laughs> before they even ask for money, be like, I need to I you should have some money. <laughs> like You should have some money and then you lowball it. Two hundred. <laughs> Because you knew they were going to ask for money anyways. Yeah. So one time I had uh, a DJ. uh, So in the morning of an event, we have a text that goes out to all the DJs and it says just like, confirm you're good to go. So they just say yes. You know, they just have to respond and then it's whatever. Um, Do all of them reply to that? Uh no, <laughs> I was about to say I know, but I don't think all the replies. The new—it's usually the new guys who's um who is my yeah, concern. Yeah, they're, they're and trying they, to like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm they like, definitely do, but yeah, like fucking the, Graham. Graham's American, not my, gonna text my you. dude who's been since day one. He just ignores it, and I know, but he's fine. But anyways, send you a poop emoji. So, so this guy, and he was one of my regular. He's been working with me for years, right? Responds, good to go. Okay, cool, and then. I get a text from a coordinator, and the wedding's like two and a half hours away. It's in Asheville. Mm. Uh, and get a text from the coordinator and was like, is your DJ almost here? And I looked at the time, and I was like, oh, my God. It was – that was a not, – he's not just late. It was like something's wrong. Yeah. And I, I called, and I called, and I called. He's just not answering. And I didn't – this had never happened before. You know, it was like, oh, my God. And so I just threw all my – DJ, my, we have like a backup DJ rig. I threw all my shit in my car and I just started speeding towards the gig. I didn't know what else to do. I was going to be super late. It's not like I was going to even make it to the ceremony. They were going no DJ for did the ceremony. Not, did you not call the guy? I called him like 25 million times. Oh, he didn't answer. Yeah, there was no time to stop at his house and beat the fuck I, out I didn't of catch. I didn't catch that part. <laughs> but but anyway, so... I get... Oh, was this a new guy or is this guy that's been with you for no, a while? No, it's a super reliable... Oh, like wow. a, a, a one of my dudes. Yeah. So you get there and he's not there. Oh no, he's not there. Oh he's, shit. He's uh he was passed out with food poisoning. I can't even remember exactly. It was like some drug shit, honestly. Uh irrelevant. But uh so I get to the wedding super late. I'm after the ceremony and I'm texting the coordinator, talking to her on the phone, like prepping her for what's about to happen. And I was like, listen, this is what's happening. I literally yeah, I mean I was like we have to deal with this here's now. the truth of this. The DJ just burned me. You're getting me. I'm coming to save the day. But my the best I can do is I will get there hopefully before dinner is over. And then we'll, uh, I was like, we need to push all the special dances to after dinner. And then I can do the intros if they still want to, I'll do all the special Shit. dances immediately. We can do toasts and then we'll go straight into dancing. I was like, I, that is literally the best I can do. I'm already on the way, you know, and this is the best I can do. And I was like, uh, if the couple, I mean, I'm sure the couple's losing their shit. I was like, if you have, uh, any Bluetooth sound system, you can maybe play their songs off of Spotify for the ceremony and just have some background shit for dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, of course, we'll give them all of their money back, you know, so you can go ahead and get that out of the way. They're 100% refunds across the board, whatever. Um, and I got there. 
that's mad cool though that you you did all that and you offered that to them you know because they there's, deserve it well yeah you know, there's, he, a, there's he, a lot of djs burned. out there that wouldn't even do anything like that and yeah, close but, to that well that dj didn't get paid i would imagine <laughs> no of course no that's <laughs> so, not they didn't get so, paid right um so the cost I, is his time at yeah, this point <laughs> and he he went away for a long time after that anyways, but you say anyways uh i got there uh it was a rager I'm, we set up, and uh, one of the uh, dinner servant people or whatever helped me kind of set up quicker. Um, and it was a rager all of a sudden. It was a super fun dance party for that two or three hours, whatever it was. Um, and they didn't even care. I mean, they cared, but it wasn't like super drastic. And they wound yeah. up giving me like a $500 tip, you know? Um, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Um and they even like Venmoed it to me afterwards, so it's not like I could be like, oh, like don't, meh, meh, meh. you know. I took it. Sure. I was like, fuck yeah. Um, uh, and then they no, gave, us, mad cool, they gave you know, us a five star review after all yeah. that. How many times do you guys see in the industry where a bride posts, you know, my DJ didn't show up, or he canceled last night, or my photographer didn't show up, or this vendor didn't do that, or whatever? And it's like it's it's such a common thing in our industry. I mean. Generally Craig's speaking, loose. when you see those types of things, when a bride posts, my DJ canceled, he didn't show up or whatever, generally it's the guys who are charging, you know, a hundred bucks for a six hour wedding. But it's the you know, the people who are elite premium, you know, they offer like those high end services, it's extremely rare. And that's just one of those situations that you had that is just, you know, kind of unheard of. Right. <laughs> well, it's a different situation. Someone who is a quote unquote multi-op, but really all it is in their eyes is a money grab. Like, Oh, I can book four gigs and I know four kids with laptops or, I mean, it might not even be that, but I know four Joe Schmoes. Right. And there's no training. There's no, uh, standard checking a quality check and they just send them out if they bomb the wedding ah man my hands are tied like what the they don't give a fuck it's i'm back to a solo op now what does it even matter you know where with us that would just never happen and if it does serious measures are taken you know um and that's how it's it's got to be for like a a long running yeah when you hire guys do you like, do you go through the whole process of training them? Do you generally try to hire people that have DJ experience? Do you have so, you ever hired anyone that's got both. no experience? Both. So both. The answer is both. 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 Um, and that that answer has changed drastically as I've gone. But I I've I've learned. You know. So when I was very new, um, my first couple DJs, they were. You know, one was a waiter. One I actually don't even think ever had a job prior. Uh, they were not <laughs> DJs in any way. Um, and we, uh, I was picking up my own wedding, so I was a solo guy. And they trained with me, and I taught them to mix and all that. And they went with like, they went to like thirty or some weddings with me, uh, shadowing and training. Um, and those now are my most booked DJs. They're like my regular guys. Um, but uh, after we went through, I think I had eight of those people total before I changed my game plan because COVID hit and half of them quit. And replacing those dudes takes, it, was, it takes like three to four months per guy to do that um, and train, train them from nothing. And it was basically just, it took too long and I had contracts to, that had to be filled. Right. Um, And I didn't want to bomb these weddings, you know, and I also didn't want to hire just anyone. Um, So basically now I'll find dudes that are 
you know, they have their own gear or they might not have their own gear and I'll, I'll come up with an agreement about that payout wise. Um, but they're, they're wedding guys uh, that don't want to book their own gigs and maybe they can book here and there and that's fine, but they're they just, want a booking they're, agency. They just want easy. They want easy, which they want a you booking know, agency basically that, that yeah, handles they want marketing and sales, but a booking agency, I can hand them four in a month, maybe, you know, something like that. And they just don't have to worry about anything. Um, and then I'll send that guy with one of my guys who's been with me from day one, like four ish times, maybe even two, you know, if I think that they're solid, but just enough to see how we do it, uh, make sure there's no red <laughs> flags with them. Um, and usually after like two to four, something like that, Brian, Oh, just you, anyone, just, me. <laughs> usually after two to four little shadow sessions, it's we're, we're good. You know, I'm really just checking to see if they're weirdos. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, they're not going to show up playing a bunch of YouTube rips of, uh, you know, dirty versions of songs. Uh, you never know, you know, debatable now. Weird red flag. Like one guy who I thought was going to be cool, he showed up for a training session, and I was sure this guy was going to be totally fine. And he had all these rings on, like ones with like wolf heads and shit. <laughs> and then he was Where did also. You find these people? He, he worked at Guitar Center, and I'd known him uh, for a long time. Okay, that makes sense. But, yep. uh, but he was wearing. 100% makes sense now. <laughs> he was wearing some shirt that I, I don't. It may have been a band shirt. It doesn't matter. With a blazer over it. I was like, okay, we're not. We're not the cool guy like that. You can't do that. Like, what the fuck are you wearing? And I just picture like comic book guy from like The Simpsons. You know. <laughs> yeah, is it, it was insane. And then uh, I gave him another shot. I was like, okay, I guess I didn't tell you literally what to wear, so you can't wear any of that. So don't try again. That. So try again. And then he did it immediately again after I verbatim told him. Don't and you're do like, that. Mm, it, yeah. And then, okay, you're scrapped. It was weird. Next unexpected red flags. I don't know. I give you guys a lot of props. I really do. Um, you know, the ones that can not only just go from a solo op to a multi-op and just do all this stuff and then handle everything from the sales to the marketing, to managing all your guys, um, you know, and then even like the guys that, go they have a full-time job and then they quit and they become full-time dj i, I give them uh, those types of djs a lot of props as well um i i you know i won't become a full-time dj just because i have my full-time career that i absolutely love and adore uh-huh. um, i'm vice president of marketing for a very large national corporation uh-huh. so, so i i love everything that i do for my full-time career and the dj stuff is just like the weekend stuff right and uh but you know, you guys that are that get sick of your jobs, you guys that hate your jobs, and then you just kind of make that transition from full time whatever to a full time DJ, or just it's pretty cool. I, I really enjoy like seeing and reading a lot of that, but that's that's not for me. <laughs> yeah. It's weird how I took the complete opposite of like I was full time DJ, and then I was like, I'd rather just have a desk job, <laughs> like, and that was my transition. I like got away from that. Um, I just hate picking up speakers and sweating and shit. I just why you getting a sense assistant, dog. You getting assistant. All that fucking. (laughs) That's what all my guys got. They have assistants. I I normally bring one or two, because if I bring two, then I'm I ain't doing shit. I'm gonna put my laptop up and be like, we're going. I get a lot of a lot of DJs are giving me shit because I use turntables at all my all my events Mm -hmm. and. It's funny you get like the the older guys that have back problems and then they see you like lugging in, you know, this big coffin with two turntables in it and they're just like, you know, why would you do that? Why don't you use a controller? And right. 
I don't know. You know, the DJ industry, especially over the last probably couple of years, has just mm -hmm. been wild. Um, you know, a lot of the Facebook groups are are can be very toxic. The, the DJ God, industry in general can be them. very toxic. And it's a very it's, toxic it's always, industry. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's it's wild because you get like these core group of people that are they'll come right out and say you need to do events this way or you need to play this way or mm -hmm. do things you know the way I'm doing it and. I guess that's a reason why I, I don't really care too much about going to some of like the expos and the shows that are out there. Like I'll go to DJX. Um, I I write for DJ Times and DJ Life Magazine. So DJ Time or DJX, that's an expo that I, I love and and I like the culture and the music aspect mm -hmm. and the gear aspect of some of the shows. But some of the mobile events and the mobile shows. I don't know. I can't get into them because you go to them and it's just basically some guy standing in an auditorium saying you should charge this much or you should play music this way. And I'm just like, you know, let people learn on their own. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people out there like me that sort of kind of had to learn the ropes on their own, didn't really have anyone to guide them or show them. But, you know, these guys that are out there that are like literally like dictators telling you exactly like how you should run your uh -huh. business, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. I'm just not really into well, that. Anyone that says that is wrong. Like... It, it, that might work There's for them, but that's just not accurate. Like yeah. this is how you should anything is not the truth. Yeah. Uh, so, no, if any, and the problem is a lot of them get into their head that like they're the only one that's ever done that, and they yeah. think that they're some big guru because in their one niche area they did it this way and it worked. In reality, they should just tell their story. This is what I did to become successful. Just throwing it out there. Take some tidbits, maybe apply it to your yeah. own. It might work, it might not, but this yeah. is what I did. I like going to the to the get the get togethers. Uh because like sometimes so For I, the get together part. <laughs> yeah. Well I, I like to hang out, yeah, for yeah, sure. For the get together meet, part. To meet the people and whatnot that I'm talking to on these forums and Facebook groups and whatnot. Uh and then I was like, wow, you're not as mean as you are on the Yeah, internet. yeah, yeah. I know, they're like total assholes like online. Then you meet them in person. They're like, damn, you're actually kind of a cool guy. That's funny. Uh, no, but uh, sometimes I'll meet them and we'll get talking about stats or whatever. And it's nothing serious, but it'll just come to light. They'll be like, oh, you know, I got 65 DJs. We're doing two grand, 2,000 events a year. And I'm just like, like yeah. you know what I mean? I'm like, who are you? Like, what the fuck? And it humbles you, but especially if it's someone you've never heard of, yeah. because then you're like, wow, there are, there are dudes out there that are doing shit, doing not, shit that's not bragging about 20 it. fold anyone I've ever even heard of. And you're just, you're just a guy, you know? So it's, it's super humbling. And, and at the conventions is where that conversation happens. Speak. So speaking of which back to our guests, tell us a little oh, yeah. bit, tell us a little <laughs> bit about, um, so you're a solo op. Um, tell us a little bit, as much as you would like, in terms of your business, in terms of like the types of events you're doing, maybe give some people some reference to what you're bringing out to a certain event. Um, I mean, you can say how many events you do in a year, et cetera. But uh, put in perspective, what, what are you actually in a single year? Um, you already mentioned you already work for another company. So what all goes into your business as, uh, what was it, California? Yep. California entertainment McKay. California entertainment okay yeah. love it <laughs> um so yeah I pretty much do every type of event from weddings to sweet 16s grad parties school events to I've done anniversary parties uh corporate mm -hmm. events literally everything that just about most 
mobile entertainment companies do. Um, I show up with, you know, standard coffin, two turntables, mixer. Um, I exclusively use all RCF speakers, tops, subs. Um, I do have bass boss equipment as well. What, um, what you rock? What you rocking on RCF Jesus. right now? What you, what you rock Evoc or you got oh, the actual? No. Uh, I'm not a column speaker guy. Oh, so uh, you I got, so you got some big, um, what, 803s or what? What do you? No, I use the Art 9 series. Okay. That's the new ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. You you pair them with subs. What do you got? Yep, RCF subs, the nine thousand five subs. Oh god damn. Okay. <laughs> I'll shut up. So, and then the you know the base boss stuff is for like the big outdoor events, the big you know huge huge you know when you're rocking like events with five gotcha. six hundred people. You yeah. you like your sound. I I I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Cheers. Um, <laughs> you know, I guess if the dust isn't rattling from the ceiling, then what good is it? You know. So that, that's that's a, that is a great feeling when you walk into a venue and you start. Pounding some speakers, yeah. and all of a sudden the dust starts falling from yeah. the, the ceiling. You should try yeah. out those. So the uh, bartenders are like running and trying to like get all like the bottles so they don't fall on the ground. You got you got to try what is a uh, ZLX by EV. <laughs> some bangers. The Mackies. Yeah, the Bluetooth ones. Jesus, oh, I think God. I'm poor. <laughs> um. So yeah, you know, just turntables. Uh, I, I got a story um, about ZLXs. Now. You know, for lighting, it's it's you know fairly conservative. Um, you know, I use Chave Freedom Series uplights. The both lighting up lights, the same thing that you're using, Rick. Um, all my stuff is DMXed. Um, I absolutely I can't stand light puke. You know, people same. just leave their stuff on like auto with, with auto go and totally, sound active. I just totally I'm not you know that's that's Eric. That's not me. I'm with you. <laughs> I puke. My lights are puking on everyone. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> I didn't make it yeah. out about or, that. Or you know, the guys that show up and they got dots going all over the place and lasers, oh, and oh, you know, or they oh. leave it on when like it's like the first dance or the parent dances, and like the photographers are just you know doing like a whole yeah. face palm because they know they got to edit out the dots and the lasers from people's faces. Yeah. Uh, to, be, to be fair, to be fair, I'll do it cheaper. Well, to be fair, well, this isn't even to be fair. But on your note of photographers, like you know, we don't bring dots and lasers for photographers, but. On the counter to that, we run into these videographers and photographers that think that they can put spotlights on the goddamn dance floor and <laughs> yeah. piss us the fuck off. So it goes hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. DJs piss off photographers that know what the fuck they're doing, and photographers that don't know what the fuck they're doing piss off DJs that know what the fuck they're doing. Fuck. Yeah, for sure. It's it's uh it, it's kind of a vicious circle a little bit. But, it is. It is. Um, I mean, but yeah, as far as DMX on. stuff goes, um, I use my DMX Go. I know a lot of people have issues with it, and they you know bad. curse it up and down. I've never had any issues with it. It works flawlessly for with me. Um, but I use that for like a lot of the, like general events. Uh, for the bigger events, or if I want more control, then I'll use Show Express. Um, and Show Express, I've I've used for a few years, and I love it. It's it's been rock solid for me. Um. You know, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And as far as like the number of events I do per year, um, because the generally it's it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights, mm-hmm. and I do a lot of the events. Um, anywhere from probably like I'd say between forty and forty-five on a standard year. That's that's solid. Yeah, especially for like you said, forty events. How many? What forty? 50, forty to forty-five. Forty, forty-five. Oh wow, so that's solid. Every weekend with a full-time job. That's yeah, that's. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I the wish wife, she she kind of complains, but then I buy her a new Louis person, and she's happy. Yeah. So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. how's it? <laughs> I was, I was about to say, like, um, so I just exited the full-time workforce as being an engineer doing 50, 60 hours a week. So I did, I've only done a max of 
during that period, I well, COVID was in there, but I did uh, the max I did was forty two in a year, and wow. I wanted to fucking cry at the end of the year. So, yeah. mad props for doing it. And you know what it was like after COVID when all the events and everyone's opened back oh, up. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. just you know, it was wild. So that was that was that twenty year was just I, I hated life, you know, because I was doing events Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I was just I was ready to like hang myself. So. My, my forty my forty two was twenty one. So two thousand twenty one, the first year back. Twenty twenty, I actually still did like twenty eight weddings, but um, that's because we live in a very Republican state. I would say turn up, turn up, <laughs> uh, and venues know, don't give a fuck. So. It's crazy though. Uh, in in COVID COVID times, I I used to say it, and it was just it it remained true. I said everyone who is going to stick it out through this COVID thing, like with their DJ we'll companies, is gonna well, it's gonna Sky bring you into a new norm, and it's gonna be way more than it was prior to all this because of all the people that are quitting. And all the people that quit, I mean, they don't DJ anymore. You know, like whatever the people that failed or that didn't stick through the pop- it. The population of DJs have decreased. So the people that stuck through it have now. That increased. for sure. But I, so, I mean, obviously DJ event planner crap. I get to see a lot of behind the scenes mm-hmm. with a lot of companies. You know a lot about a lot of companies. Right. And the the people that relaxed through COVID instead of just like pushing Throttling basically. It. Yeah, yeah. Kind Throttling of thing. It. They didn't. Like the new norm for my company, at least, we're probably, we do like 40% more business. And that's just the norm now, you know, like that's like the new bar where other companies, if they didn't push, they might be where they were before, but everyone else is now up on that. You know what I mean? I wish I knew what my norm was because literally we've been two Xing like every single year. It Right now it's like that. It's like crazy right now. Well, that's my, but like my first year was 2019. My first year as a company was 2019. No, and it, was, it wasn't. It was. I was at the wedding show with you in 2019. 20... That was not 2019. No, just, that was it was December of 2018. December of 2018. That that wedding show that oh, I no, no. met oh, you okay. at it was, was Jan- December of 2017. I didn't live here. That was January of 2018 because me and Marcellus left college on our winter break and drove down here to do that wedding show that we met you at. It was the only one we did at the hotel. Right. I, I remember the one. I moved down here officially in May of 2018. You told me how many YouTube followers you had, and I was like, holy fuck. No. <laughs> I was not like, holy fuck. <laughs> no, you were like, that ain't real. <laughs> but uh, no, no. So my first full calendar year of being a DJ in with a company was 2019, and it was just me. I think Marcellus might have done like 10 events. Greg, Greg Alfonso, 42, minimum of 100 a year myself. Greg does have a full-time job also. But, Greg, you're from New Jersey. You don't count as a human, so just get out of that <laughs> you, No, if, if you live in fucking New Jersey or New York City as a DJ, you do not count to this average like bar. What did, how many did he say he did? He did over 100. He was shooting for 200 the one year, and now he finally is back down. I think he did like 130. 30, 140 events, 100 weddings in a fucking year. Yeah, I did 60 or 65 one time, and I literally was like about to end my own life. I was so like, I wanted to end my life at 42. It's so easy (laughs) to get burnt out in our industry, too, you know? Right. And and after a while, you know, it becomes very difficult to um, really kind of be unique in how you do events and weddings. You know, you don't want to be cookie cutter. You don't want to be like the guy down the street playing the exact same shit, the exact same style. 
And when you're doing a ton of events, you kind of sort of get a little complacent and you, you don't, you kind of fall outside of that world of trying to be different and be unique. You know, everything just kind of starts to be like a copy and paste event after event. Yeah. So definitely going, going back to you getting a little invasive in your company. Uh, so where do you get all of your leads from currently or being a solo op, I'd imagine you leverage heavily on like vendor referrals and stuff like that. But so what's your kind of like network when it comes to, uh, your leads and then anything you want to talk about, like in terms of the funnel, in terms of how you take the leads, uh, or using event planner, HoneyBook, whatever, yep. how, how, how's that work on your company side? Um, so I get way more inquiries and leads than I even know what to do with. I actually pass off probably about 90 to 95% of my leads to other companies. Um, there's a bunch of local DJs. I just ask them, I say, hey, are you open on this date? They say, yep. I send them the inquiry and then they take it from there. I don't ask for any money, yep. no finder's fee, nothing. I, the way I look at it is if I can help good people put food on their table, I'll do whatever I can. I don't care, you know, about money. I don't care if they pay me a commission. I, I don't care about any of that. I just want to be able to help people who are struggling and need to make some money. Yeah. So I generally, actually, it's funny. I just got my Google performance report today uh, mm -hmm. for January. And I had, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Uh, I had 416 people who clicked on my website in January. And the amount of inquiries and the leads that I actually received in January uh, was close to about 350 and as a solo op there's only so many that you can do or even want to do yeah. so like i said 90 95 percent of those i just hand them off to other guys let them run with it and do what they want um that's more than we do <laughs> so you know one of the things that i'm kind of honored to, to to kind of possess and, and have is my marketing background mm -hmm. so i take that and i can implement that into everything that i do as a dj and that sort of kind of puts me on a different level compared to a lot of companies that are out there because a lot of the entertainment companies in Western New York, they either have to outsource, they have to go find a marketing company to do all their stuff, you know, get them leads, do all their digital marketing. Whereas me, because I've been classically trained and I've been taught by some of the best people mm -hmm. in the marketing world, I can take all that, uh, those skills and that experience and that knowledge and build it into California entertainment. So, so tell me about that. What, what are you like, are you doing Facebook ads? Are you doing Google ads? Like, what, what um, do you... I don't do too much with social media advertising. Um, but so my big SEO. thing is obviously with the website, um, being able to optimize it. Um, my website, there is 79 pages as of my report that came in today, uh, where I'm in the first spot on Google where people put in different long-term phrases and keywords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I also do a lot of geofencing. And geofencing has pissed off a lot of DJs when I've talked about it in the Say groups. <laughs> because go, go in the I'll geofence geo competitors, I'll geofence wedding shows and expos. And, you know, guys have like screamed at me and said, that's cheating. You're stealing money. You're stealing my leads, blah, blah, blah. And I'm paying all this money to be at a show. And you're sitting on your couch and you're taking my customers away from me. Wait, that's business. <laughs> do you do you know what this is? I don't know what this is. What is geofencing? Explain. So geofencing is um, it's a digital marketing tactic. Okay. okay. So let me let me put it this way. I'll, I'll give you an example. A bride just or a, a woman just gets engaged. She goes to uh, she goes on Google and she types in DJs in my area. Mm -hmm. She finds a couple of people. They're your competitors. Mm -hmm. She goes to visit them at their office. And she talks with them. She's like, okay, you know, let me think it over. Let me see what I want to do. Mm -hmm. 
Soon as she leaves, she's instantly inundated with ads on Facebook and mobile ads and in uh, Google display networks with ads and special offers about your company. And it gives a, a good call to action where she can click on it and then get more information and even possibly a promo or a deal because of the fact that she was at your competitor's location. That's a better deal than what they were offering. Okay, so so on Google, you can do targeting based on location that people have visited. Yes. So geofencing is just targeted uh, digital marketing tactic, and it's based off of GPS and RFID tags that you use on your phone. Yeah. So you always joke about how Big Brother is always watching. Yep. That's the case when it comes to geofencing. Your phone knows where you are, and it you get served ads depending on certain locations or certain what they call fences that you build around areas. You can actually get it to the point where, um, here's here's a really good example. You want to build a deck on your on your house. Uh -huh. You go to Home Depot, uh -huh. and while you're in Home Depot, you don't see any ads for a construction company. But the second you walk down the aisle where there's there's wood and plywood, you instantly start seeing ads on your phone. Wait, you it's that smart where you can narrow it down to a very very specific area location. Yeah, because normally the wood's on the far end, so you could target. So I imagine you can. Can you actually like go into Google Ads and like draw? Like how how do you set the? You like, literally set, set the coordinates. Yeah, so you so can do a Google Ads, but there's a lot of different software that's out there. A lot of agencies will use it. Um, so there's there's some pretty high tech software that allows you to do some advanced stuff when it comes to geofencing. The stuff that the geofencing that you do on Google Ads is kind of minimal it's not as advanced as what you can do with some of the third-party software that's out there you it's something that someone like you or even me sadly wow. has to hire someone it's complex and you need yeah a so i mean just getting into google ads alone um not like there's a learning curve with it you really have to understand you know setting your keywords setting well, your audience having the content that is going to engage people question for you though have you seen the new google like ad max shit yeah because that seems to remove max, so that, that has seemed to remove some of the learning curve required from what yeah, i've but your cost learned. per lead is your 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 cpm is going to actually go up or your 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 cpl i haven't tested it yet but um based on what i've heard it it actually goes down i don't know if you give it the if you give it the right shit is what I've heard. If you if you give it the right content, like good content to work with in terms of the 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 video it's asking for and the pictures, it yeah. can actually reduce the cost. But I don't know shit about. It. I don't here's know. the other bad thing though about Performance Max. Um, with Performance Max, you're throwing out a very wide net. You are. Where you are doing something with like just Google Ads, like or just in a display ad, uh, network or something like YouTube ads. You're narrowing down your net to a very specific audience, and you can narrow in exactly what you want as far as your engagement and your the the leads that you want mm -hmm. based off of the, that ad campaign. And this is and this is kind of like um, so I've been um, we actually fired our marketing company and now are doing our own marketing on our end. Really? Yeah. No, seriously, we we fired them oh, January like literally at the end of January we fired them because. They don't understand a single thing when it comes to like current reels and shit like that. So we're doing it all ourselves. I, moi, my new uh, like adventure is learning everything there is to with paid ads. So um, okay. I've been deep into this world right now. And what you just said makes a lot of sense in terms of my theory because our industry is very, 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 very niche. 
when it comes to what we're doing. And yeah. a lot of like what I can find online is like free content and stuff. They're talking about like the plumber, the the contractor doing ads for that level where you are trying to reach a mass amount audience and then you rely on the algorithm to do its thing and find the customers you want, which I think would be beneficial for other companies that I own, like Greensboro Holly Lights and Greensboro Gutter Cleaning and shit like that, where we could utilize that. But I'm hesitant to see what it will do when it comes to the DJ side because of how niche it needs to be to find basically what you said. Like we have a very, very, very niche window in terms of what we're looking for in terms of a client engaged right. we're looking for women because they normally make the decisions the age range etc you can't say that anymore <sighs> i'm just saying that's against that's against 2023 rules um and the other thing too one of the as, as a high-end marketer um i have access to tools that allow me to really dial in and look at mm. the demographics of my area mm. um, so i can see you know what the average household income is um, what the average ages of people who get engaged, um, what the average amount of money that they're actually spending on weddings. And I can take all that data and I can really kind of form a lot of the content and the messaging that I put out there that's targeted directly to the people that's right within their sweet spot of what they're looking to spend, what they're looking to do, and the type of companies that are, they're looking to hire. Damn, sounds like you could create a, a business out of this. I mean, just yeah, um, yeah. Uh, people have said you should become a marketing consultant, but again, I don't want to do that. You know, I love my career and I love doing what I do, so I'll I'll kind of just stay right where I am. <laughs> you could spin off your career exactly what you're doing just for DJs for a higher amount of money. <laughs> I don't know if I want to deal with DJs. I don't no, know. He he said VP, so I mean that yeah. that that brings some money with it. So. Um. Yeah, cool shit. And, and you're allowed to have plugs with whatever you do in your day job, so that's not super yep. common. And full tattoos. I'm all tatted up. I have sleeves and everything. Mm, so. Tatted tatted up. Yeah. Rick, what, do you when, know, are you, do, when are you getting your first tat, Rick? I don't know. Let's get matching ones. No. You should just match mine. No. Get a little heart, you know, bring no, your if any <laughs> If anyone's going to get me to get a tattoo, it's going to be Christine. You should get your nipples blacked out. What and the that's f- the only <laughs> thing you get tattooed. Just you have black nipples. <laughs> nah. I've, I've always thought about Wait. like um like an ankle tat. That's not cool. I know. Well, fuck you. So, or a bicep tat. You yeah. know, and you go. I hear that. I, I want that. the pirate heart on the on the arm. I, the <laughs> next the next move is the tops of my hands. But I told Rachel, if I get my hand tattooed first, because I don't have anything on my entire arm, I was uh-huh. like, that's just not right. I was like, by default, I was like, you need people, to start up here and work down. Me, people are going to call me a poser if I do that, <laughs> you know, because they don't know what else yeah. you got. Rolling. I know. I, it's like, no, bro, I swear yeah. I have tattoos. So basically, <laughs> basically what you're saying I is see you, it. Yeah. you got to start. That's, with this actually is my fight, wife's lips. So tattoo. when I got this done, she oh. actually put on some really bright lipstick. She kissed a paper and then, you know, the tattoo artist just you know, she traced her, her lips mm-hmm. on my, my hand. Yeah. So what you're saying is you got to start with a sleeve and then work your way down. I can't do it, but yes, I might just get it all done at the same time, but whatever. Baller. Yeah. yeah. Hey, then you just can go win do like a 12 hour session, you know? 
Yeah. Hey, then you could win the best arm, the best leg. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I did with my leg. I just went you didn't back, hear, he to won, back to he, back to back. He won the best leg at a tattoo thing, yeah. giant tattoo conference I went, I went or whatever. To a tat conference or convention. Convention. And uh, was it a collector? Entered, entered my leg sleeve and won won a, nice. tro- won a trophy. <laughs> yeah, you could be you could be like Steve-O and get like your name tattooed on your ass, and then you could show people it's a good party trick. You know? Yeah, dude, you could be like Steve-O and just like shit everywhere and jack off on camera <laughs> i went to see steve-o's stand i went to see steve-o's stand-up comedy recently it was like a couple months ago with matt okay and uh it was so disgusting so i already am not the biggest jackass fan but it's okay like it's eh, okay whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. this was so much worse oh my god i mean he literally was just like beating off on it, was, it would be like he'd like make a joke and be like watch this funny video and then play a video is the whole stand-up and he yeah, it was just oh absurd. so like he constantly was reverting back to video content for his humor yes that's it's, not yeah, he's good. a he's a he's a i mean i understand what he is but like that's a terrible comedy show if you came for weird. comedy and it then you got a basically a presentation with uh videos turn to the screen Laugh your ass off at the screen. And he probably got paid a hundred grand for it. So. You know. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. there's there's that. There's that. There's yeah. So yeah. Right. So um, as far as like future, I mean, yeah, you know, I always kind of envision like what's going to be my exit plan. And, you know, do I really want to do this for another ten years? And mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's always funny because when you have a really big schedule throughout the year and you're just doing events after events, you know, when it kind of gets towards the end of the season. And you're kind of slowing down a little bit. <clears throat> we all go through that process of saying, fuck this shit. I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> you know, and uh-huh. then wedding season kicks off the next year and you're you're all pumped and you're excited and you're stoked and you, you know, you get back into it. But yeah. yeah, I mean, as far as my exit plan, <clears throat> I don't really you know, that, I guess that's one of the nice things as a solo op is really I can kind of just keep doing it and then whenever I choose to just end it, I can. Whereas I know with you know, you guys as a multi-op, it's not as simple. You know, you've got people who are depending on that paycheck you've got employees so um yeah i mean i I don't know how much longer i'll I'll keep doing it you know i I would imagine i would probably keep going for another i don't know maybe four years or so but i do know uh my wife and i we we went out of new york you know we want to relocate down south um the company that i work for our corporate office is in miami and uh you know so it's one of those things where you know if you know we go down there we go down to actually florida a lot we actually got married down in marco island Mm -hmm. and that's one of our favorite one of our most favorite areas of the country. So we go down there a lot and, um, you know, we envision ourselves probably being down there at some point. <laughs> I like the South, not a fan of the North, but I do like the South. So your exit strategy needs to be, you get a big promotion to be an executive in Miami and then you, well, I already am an executive. I'm, you know, vice president of marketing. I, so I, I'm like, well, you know, is there, is there, there, you got some levels where you can, you can go president. <laughs> well, all right, well yeah, so my, if you're going the, to Miami, you just need to become a drug Lord. That's in reality. <laughs> Wear the hat, the white shirt, you know, yeah, dude, Miami, is Tony Montana accent. You know. right <laughs> Miami is popping right now. Miami's been popping since the seventies dog. Let's uh, go. Uh, but How, maybe eighties. There's a there's a big surgeons right now when it comes to Miami. Yeah, I don't know. right after COVID, like twenty one kicked off the whole like Florida it's it's all the California shit. Like all the companies and people from California that have money are moving out of California, going to Texas and Florida. Those are the two <laughs> biggest spots that they're all going. Going to Texas and Florida, mostly for tax benefits. 
All right. So yeah, the, pretty the, much. The chat said you need to get juicy tattooed on your ankle, right? Juicy. <laughs> there you go. That's the word. The juicy guitar. So, logo, so what you know? you're saying is one person, probably Greg, said I need to get juicy <laughs> tattooed on my ankle. Huh? <laughs> Who said that? Yeah, it was fucking Greg. <laughs> 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 All right, it's decided. Rick is going to get juicy tattooed on his ankle. I love that the tat spurs the chat to like actually go crazy for a second. <laughs> god oh. damn it. Oh god. Okay, well, um I mean that's awesome. Uh man, it's it's so it's it, all right. When I say it's Humble. funny, it's not. No, it's not funny that you have a full time job. It's just it's crazy because you have this insane marking capability, but you only DJ one day of. And I get it. I mean, of course I get it. But like, if you were full time DJ with all of these skills that you have, which in this day and age you know the skills to being a DJ are marketing. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Uh, well, you I know, think. I mean, and I know I think like you know to be a DJ nowadays, it's it's <laughs> it doesn't take a lot. No, you guys know anybody? Yeah, can... It's a lower bar. It's so fucked yeah. up because I make jokes about that constantly, and people actually are like meh about it. I'm like, it's literally, it's just not like what's what's that new Newmark controller that just came out? It's just automatically syncs to Amazon streaming know. or something. Uh, don't the mix care. track. Don't care. I'm just saying. Oh, and some dude. It's only four hundred bucks. Too. It's the mix. It, yeah, it's, it's the, the new mix track it, pro thing. Yeah, it's the mix. It's the mix because I have the original one. It's the new one that came out. Whatever. Anyway, whatever. I mean, you know, here's how low, I look at it. You know, if someone's get, if, some, if someone's new, if they want to be a, a get into the DJ scene in the industry, great. You know, go out, buy whatever you can afford, learn the ropes, figure it out. You know, and hopefully you grow from it. Um, you know, my so my YouTube channel, a lot of the videos I put out are you know different tips and advice and help on doing different events, doing weddings. Because we all know how much it sucks, you know, as a new DJ and jumping into the wedding industry and the event industry and trying to learn the ropes and trying to figure shit out. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the content that's on my YouTube channel, it's to kind of help out those new guys and mm -hmm. really kind of advise and guide them. And then all the articles that I write for DJ Times and DJ Life is marketing focused. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if there's people out there who are having trouble trying to figure out marketing their business, then it's sort of like those two different um ways of them to learn they can either come to my youtube channel and they can learn yep. about different things and different ways that they can be a good dj or they can go into dj times dj life and read articles on how they can properly market themselves right. better yeah. well this is another reason why the bar is lower now the entry bar it's not oh, yeah. just because like yes technology and gear have gotten less expensive and uh easier to obtain you know the the entry level for the gear is lower well yeah. the entry level for the information is lower also it's more accessible sure. now that's, you got people like rick and that, people like you well, posting not, all this shit not, that is truly helpful you know not um, even yeah. not even but me. i i, I like, kind of look at it where like you know if the industry is if someone is going to go out and they're going to learn and they're going to want to try to better themselves and be the best that they can then i think the industry as a whole gets better I, yeah. I, oh, I agree. Well, I definitely agree. Just in general, like in today's day and age, um, if anyone doesn't know, I learned a lot of my shit about DJing from like Brian S. Red and the guys that came before me on YouTube. Um, and then I just turned around and did the exact same thing to give back more knowledge. And I think that's kind of like what cycles it. But in today's day and age, if you want to know, learn, or do anything in this world, spend two weeks and deep dive into YouTube and you will know probably 80% of what you need to know. Yeah. 
Um, like I, I've used that in my life just in general from, um, like my side hobbies of like growing grass or learning how to do X, Y, and Z with electrical in my house or do this modification to my house, build this, etc. Literally, if you spend two weeks and you deep dive like two to four hours a day into YouTube content, you can learn practically anything that you would ever want to know. It just takes the willpower to actually go start searching, learning and finding. Yeah. So it's funny because there's the DJs where they want to go out and they want to learn. They want to better themselves. They want to be up to the standards that the elites and the the premium service guys are, are offering. And then there's the guys that just have like a, an ego the size of Texas. And they're like, nope, fuck all that. I'll just, I'll do it on my own. I, you know, the way I'm doing it is fine. And, and they there's buy pros a, and cons to both. They buy a piece of DJ furniture and then they think they're premium DJs. <laughs> yeah. They're out there and, doing uh, weddings with 300 people. But yet people on the back end, they're there. sitting there like barely making ends meet, making back the money. And they're like, how are these other guys doing it? I don't understand. It's because they, they're furthering themselves. They, uh, I always thought like growing up, like in college, like the best skill you could ever inherit is like sales. If you could learn how to sell someone, it was the best skill ever. I would argue that that has changed to you just need to like barely know how to sell someone. If you can market in the today's day and age, you can make a fortune. Oh, oh. yeah. It so do, it I, always, I always tell people marketing is telling the world that you're a rock star, but proper marketing is showing people that you are one. Ooh. Quote that. <laughs> okay, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Snoop Dogg tattoo. Nah, you got to get juicy. We took a vote way earlier. Don't scroll back. You missed it, but you. And it's got to be in like script font. It has to, and it's going to have a strawberry right next to it. And just Pod, uh, a podcast with me getting inked. Oh my God. <laughs> I hate all of you. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you for joining us, Josh. Uh, where, um, where can people gonna, find you? Well, if they, if they want to connect with you after this podcast, where can they go to? So my YouTube channel, uh, the name of the channel is called The Creative Fox. And uh, that is because of my last name, Volpe. It means fox in Italian. Um, so I kind of, it's a play on that. But, um, okay. you know, pretty much everywhere on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. Um, you can either find me as DJ California with a K or as California Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Uh, what's all our stuff? Rick controls everything. I'm just the Joe Bone of the situation. I just show up. <laughs> I love that we've actually like made that a reference now at this point. But it's so valid because Joe literally is that definition of things. It's hilarious because whenever I talk to him and like uh he asked me a question about something, I don't know, like maybe it's both lighting products when I'm like, Did you not see my video on it? And he's like, dude, I literally don't watch any of you guys on YouTube, I literally am the most foreign. I don't understand what the fuck is going on. I just do what I'm told. <laughs> it's hilarious. Anyways, um, so the DJ Life Podcast, if you guys are listening to this right now, you should go to YouTube and hit the subscribe button on the DJ Life Podcast so we can get to 1,000 subscribers. Specifically, 80 of you should do that. We need literally, <laughs> yeah, eight, I, I think it's less than that. But Something like we that. We need people <laughs> to hit the subscribe button on YouTube so that way we can hit 1,000 subscribers. That way it turns on the ad revenue. I'm just going to be transparent. So that way it turns on the ad revenue. That way we can buy a nice little board here that Brian said he would donate, actually. Um, so we can hit sound effects. So that way we can go. Yeah. Yeah. 
I cannot you guys should do something where you can take like live callers too. You know, they can call in, do like an actual radio show. Yeah. Oh, that, first time that caller, would be long time listener. That would be deadly. <laughs> that would be deadly. It wouldn't be the worst <laughs> idea. I mean, well, that's the equivalent of the open Zoom we did. Yeah, that's we the did chat. Let's just just drop it in the chat. <laughs> I mean, and and if you are listening, you should join in live because we're doing, um, we're trying very hard for 2023 to be every single week. On Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, join in live on YouTube. You can view the video side of the whole entire podcast. It's amazing and awesome. Um, and then if you are listening, make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button, depending on what source you're on, Spotify, Anchor, whatever, etc. And um, if you're on the YouTube side, leave a comment down below, like the channel. Of course, hit the subscribe button. Um, and that, that's about it. You thank the guy you. from the water boy. You can do it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you guys. For us. It's been wild. Yes. yes, we've we've talked about a lot. I like this podcast. This is fun. This is good. It's Absolutely good. Um, when are you gonna like change out your hat for something that actually is relevant to you? I like the hat. It Why do you like the my, Raiders hat? It, it like bothers me so head. much. It just fits my head correctly. I gave him a DJ Life hat, and he doesn't want to wear it. It's, like no hat can replace this. I just like this one and only this one. But yet, when you ask him who the Raiders are, he has no fucking clue. I mean, there's like a sports <laughs> team. Like whatever. All right, before we go, you guys are watching a Super Bowl on Sunday. Who are you rooting for? Who's playing? A meteorite. <laughs> oh. <laughs> are the Eagles playing? <laughs> yeah, Eagles. Eagles and uh, was it who's who's the other one playing? The Chiefs, Mahomes. The Chiefs. <laughs> I don't really know. Wait, didn't the Eagles win last year? Wait, who's who's? I'm not. I'm not. Who the, the guy. fuck knew? I'm not the guy. I don't. I'm a marketing guy. I like the commercials. I don't like the game. <laughs> All right, so here's my rule of thumb. I'm the underdog fan. So whoever is the bigger underdog out of the two of them, I will be rooting for them because I I appreciate underdog winning. I think it's the Eagles. All right, go Eagles! Woo! Right. Woo! We we have plenty Woo. of friends that are Eagle fans. So, Woo. Nick Spinelli, of course. Anyways, thank you guys so much for watching. Appreciate right, you guys, guys listening, and we'll see you guys next Tuesday with DJ Jess. Peace out. Bye.